This is episode number 111 with Eugene Wu of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Barbara Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan. I am the CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine and I am your host coming to you live from Melbourne, hometown Australia. So let's talk about today's guest. His name is Eugene Wu and he's the founder of a company called Vengage. Uh, he previously founded a company called Visualize Me, which was an infographic tool that allows you to turn your LinkedIn profile into a resume infographic. Um, he actually ended up selling that company and uh, he ended up also building Vengage at the same time and then now he's still building Vengage and uh, it's growing really, really fast. Now, what's really cool about this interview is uh, Eugene's actually uh, become a great friend of mine of late, and uh, I met him through another mutual friend when I spoke at a conference in San Diego, and, um, you know, we've really hit it off. He's a, an amazing guy, incredible entrepreneur, and uh, he really tells the story of what it means to never give up. I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to give you too much, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's received a lot of adversity and, uh, a lot of twists and turns as an entrepreneur. He's been doing it for a while and, uh, it's really, really interesting to see, you know, how he's building his, his, his latest company, but also at the same time, you know, the way he thinks about building, growing startups and, uh, yeah, these, he, he's absolutely crushing it, uh, with Vengage. These guys generate, you know, 50,000, 60,000 leads a month, uh, which is absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, Eugene, a great guy, doesn't hold back, someone that I feel privileged to call a friend. And uh, you, you guys are going to love this. All right. That's it from me, guys. If you are enjoying these episodes, please, 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 please do leave us a review. 
It helps more than you can imagine. Check out the magazine. It is the fruits of our labor. Um, you know, if you just search founder in the App Store, Google Play Store, and it's F-O-U-N-D-R, you won't be able to miss it. And uh, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join us, Eugene. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure, dude. So uh, we, um, we connected through uh, one of your colleagues uh, at Social Media Examiner, and uh, I've been really, really impressed uh, with uh, what you guys are up to across marketing, across product, across everything that you guys are doing. So um, yeah, I'm really, really pumped to have you on. So the first question I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? How did I get my job? I I actually won a startup competition. That's how I got my job that eventually led to this job. So back in like 2011, um, there was this like hackathon called Startup Weekend. And it was the first startup weekend in Toronto. And I actually went there. You know, I didn't really think much about it. Uh, pitched this idea that I had that's always sort of like sitting on the back of my mind. It's a simple idea of just like basically turning your in, your resume into an infographic with one click. Uh, essentially, it took your LinkedIn profile um, and then it just visualized your LinkedIn profile into this beautiful infographic. Um, so I pitched the idea, you know, got a cu- couple of guys uh, uh, to work on it over the weekend. And uh, and that kind of blew up. Like it was, um, you know, it was, it was mainly luck, I have to say. It was luck and and good timing. So... At that point, like infographics had just begun to kind of peak. A lot of people were interested in it. Uh, and at the same time, like, you know, resumes haven't changed. They still haven't changed now, to be honest. They haven't changed in a long, long time. And so so we got a lot of attention and one thing led to the other. And, and I, I ended up quitting my job, uh, starting, you know, starting Visualize Me, which was that uh, infographic company. And then, and then later on created another infographic company called Vengage, uh, which is the one that I I'm now leading. Awesome. And uh, so when you started um, Visualize Me at the hackathon, did you, were you working in your day job or, or what was happening there? Yeah. So, so I had a, I had a day job. I was also sort of freelancing uh, a little bit uh, on the side, building some mobile apps. Uh, but yeah, but I had a, you know, I had a, I was a software architect slash, you know, software engineer. Gotcha. And then uh, when you won the startup competition for Visualize Me, that's when you went full time? That's when I find, I mean, it, it took a while. Like I, I think I waited a few, you know, a few months uh, to the point where I kind of just felt like, you know what, I, you know, I've, uh, it, it, it isn't my first startup. I actually had, a, I actually tried starting something uh, about two years prior to that and failed. So I already, I had like a taste of like failure and, but, but I still went, went ahead anyways and did it again. So I was like, oh, I, you know, I'll give it another try. And, uh, I think maybe two or three months in, I kind of felt like I need to do this full time, uh, talk to all the people who were involved. Uh, uh, not all of us from the hackathon, you know, went, went, uh, full time, but, but a few of us did. And, and we, I sort of just kind of pulled the trigger and did it. Yeah. Okay. I see. So. Can you tell us about your um, other startup before we keep moving along the journey? Oh, the f- the first one? Yeah, yeah. So, so the first startup I did uh, was two thousand and eight. It was when during the financial crisis. Uh, essentially, I I got laid off. So I had again, I was like a software engineer uh, for like a for a healthcare company. 
I got laid off, uh, and and so I decided, hey, you know, probably not a good idea. But I decided I'll start my own business. You know, even though like everything was just kind of going crazy, like everyone was losing their jobs, uh, the economy was really bad, and I just, you know, whatever, you know, foolishly I guess decided because um, I've always wanted to start my own business, and I thought. You know what? I got some severance, so so you know I got some severance pay. I forgot what it was, but it was like maybe like three months or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then and then because I live in Canada, like the, the government also pays you some sort of uh, uh, what we call a, a minimum. It's a, it's called EI, an uh, unemployment insurance or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it paid you this minimum for up to a year. So I thought, hey, you know, I got laid off. I got some severance. I got like a year if I just like you know, just kind of do it really cheap. Uh, if I just live really cheaply, which I could back then. I mean, I was very good at like not spending money. Um, and so I said, I'll start my own business. Um, uh, it was, um, I was in the healthcare field. So I started this healthcare. It's sort of like a patient healthcare, patient, uh, management system, you know, sort of, um, um, sort of intelligently tells you when you need to do your checkups, if you had a disease, uh, you know, if you had like diabetes, for example, when you need to do certain exams and, and sort of automates all that whole process to you, for mm. you. Uh, that was my first startup. Uh, essentially, I wrote, but, but I made all the classical mistakes of startup, uh, startup, uh, first time startup uh, person makes. Like I didn't talk to, I only, I had a one doctor friend and, and mainly he was my, you know, sort of my quote unquote client. Uh, and I was like mainly building it for him. But in actuality, like he wasn't really my client, right? Because like a single doctor don't buy your product. It's it's either a hospital or like a clinic system buys it. So I didn't have the sales process sort of well thought out. And but I was building it, so I spent like you know six months, nine months building it. Uh, uh, you know, like doing exactly what you're not supposed to do instead of validating the sales process and all of that. I basically just built the whole thing and then like decided to sell it one day after I, I finished building it, which was, which turned out to be very, very difficult trying to sell healthcare software, you know, as like a one person, you know, entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. So um, what happened? Like you were called calling, like they tell me about that process. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. I did cold calling. So I first started, um, I literally did cold calling I actually did door to door as well. Uh, I basically wow. went to all these clinics door to door, and and that's when I learned how difficult selling to doctors was. Um, I was competing for with with these pharma reps, like pharma, like these people selling uh, selling um, drugs, and they were they were all from big pharma, right? And and basically, I wasn't competing as and I wasn't selling pharma products, but I was competing for their time, right? For mm. the doctor's time. So you know, in the waiting room, there'll be like this, you know two really good looking farmer and all farmer reps are really good looking for whatever reason, whether they're men and, or women, they're always very good looking. They have money. And then here's me. And then, and here's like this, you know, young, you know, software guy, uh, trying, trying to sell my, my patient care software. Uh, it was, you know, looking back, it was kind of funny, but I, I didn't know. Uh, and so I, I just did whatever I could. I cold called. I actually went door to door. I remember going to this one, like I Google like this one built this medical building. It had like, 30, 40 offices. It was the whole building was just office. And I was like, great, I'll just start from the you know top floor and just go down and hit, you know, 100 <laughs> uh, medical uh, clinics and see mm. what happens. And, and I did. I mean, I, I I did make some, so don't get me wrong, I did sell some of it, but it was very little. I think I probably sold, you know, in like the few months that I was out, you know, uh, hitting the road and calling, I probably sold like 10 like subscriptions. Uh, it was a SaaS, right? Obviously, I, I probably sold like 10 subscriptions. And the product was in this like very beta state too. So, Gotcha. And 
Um, um, so eventually, I, yeah. I kind of figured I did the I, I did the math, yeah, and I figured out uh, probably this is not going to work. So and I so so I quit. Yeah, I see. And um, what happened to the people that were using it? I, I mean, I, I basically told them the truth. I was like, hey, you know what? I can't, you know, like, I, you know, I basically told them the truth. Like, this is not successful. Like, they knew I was a small business. They knew I was just starting out. It wasn't like, it wasn't like they thought, oh, they were buying from a big company and it was stable and all that. They were sort of like just trying it out as well. They were sort of like beta trying, you know, all of them were sort of like beta testing, trying it out. And so, yeah. And so, so I, I told a lot of them, like, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna continue with it because, you know, it's, it's, it's not feasible for me. And, uh, and I actually quit. Uh, and I did the one thing that a lot of people, you know, think it's the worst thing, you know, after you have a startup, I went back and got a job, right? Like I, and I always thought, you know, oh my God, it's going to be like, the, and if for, at that point it like was like the worst thing, it was the worst feeling in the world, basically quitting. And then I remember I interviewed for some, I, you know, I took my, put my resume out, interviewed for some jobs. Uh, I got a job fairly quickly, to be honest, like, you mm. know, cause there's always, you know, the good thing is there's always demand for software engineers. So very quickly after I quit, like, I think, you know, I think maybe like, a, you know, two, three weeks, I don't remember, but very shortly, less than a month, I was, you know, interviewing and I was, you know, I got, you know, I had like one or two offers and I took one, a, one offer. Uh, and I remember just feeling like crap. Like it was like the word, like, I remember like, oh, I got a job, you know, like financial pressure. Cause you know, so mind you, I had like spent a lot of money cause it was more than a year in and I had like basically no income. Um, and, and so it was a financially, I was like, great, I'm <laughs> going to get some money again. But then it was also like the worst feeling ever because I felt like I failed. Um, you know, that feeling in your gut when like, like you feel like someone to punch you. Like I felt that for, you know, after accepting the job, that's what I felt. I felt terrible. Um, mm. yeah, but the, but the, but the good thing is like, after I went back to, you know, went back to work, you know, like, very quickly, I was like, you know what? This is not that bad. <laughs> uh, I, I, it didn't feel that bad. Uh, it just—it was just a psychological thing, right? Because failure is just like so. You know, I don't know. Like I thought failure was like so bad, and everyone would just be like, "Oh, I told." Yeah, shameful. Exactly. It was more like an internal thing. I think no one else really cared. And once I dealt with it internally, it was fine. Like I was fine after that. I was like, "Oh, great." You know, like it's it's good experience. Uh, and uh, and uh, and I, you know, had a and then I helped. You know went back to the workforce. Mm. But you didn't give up. So um, you, you started working on Visualize Me. Um, you won that competition. So I'm curious, um, because Vengage is an infographic startup too, where is this love and passion for data and, and infographics come from? Okay, so so it actually started, it's like I, so remember I said I had this idea at the back of my head a while ago. Um, so I was doing some freelance work while I was while I had this like job, and one of the things was you know obviously when you're a freelancer you, you kind of need to you know kind of advertise, get your profile or your resume out to people, show them, and also you know do some mark internet marketing. And I wasn't very good at internet marketing back then. I didn't really know much. Um, like I knew how to buy AdWords, and you know, so you know I knew that there was this thing called blogging, but I never did it. I mean I did some of it, but I wasn't very good at it. Um, mm. So one day. I actually saw this infographic that changed my life. And it was this infographic by this guy called Chris Spurlock. He had created an uh, 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 infographic resume and, and it, it went viral. Like it was in Huffington Post. It was in like TechCrunch. Like it was oh, wow. insane. It, like it was this thing that went viral. Um, and, uh, and he, yeah, and he, he, his whole thing was like he was trying to get, I think he was just graduating from university 
and he was trying to get a job with Huffington Post. So he had, oh. did, he had you know, and he was a, he had like some design background. So he was very good. Uh, so, so he, he, he took this out, it went viral and then he, he, fi- he got a job, like he actually got a job with, with Huffington Post. And, it, and I remember the TechCrunch uh, headline was like, you know, like the, you know, the viral infographic resume, like actually lands his dream job or something t- like that. Right. Mm. And I got really inspired by that. I was like, I was like, man, <laughs> this guy, like, you know, I, I need one. I need to get one of these uh, infographic resumes. Um, and so, so I actually hired, so I'm not a designer, right? So I, I couldn't, I knew I couldn't do it myself. So I hired a designer, had him design one of these uh, for me, one of the, uh, one of these infographic resumes for me. And then I, that was when I realized, so I had one by myself and I realized, man, I can, I can make software to do this. You know, it wasn't, you know, because I'm a software engineer, I was like, I can, like everyone can have this, but not, not just someone who's a designer or someone who, uh, who, uh, who had to hire a designer. And by the way, back then hiring a designer to do one of these things was, was not cheap. I think I spent like, I don't know, like a, a thousand or maybe $1,500 on it. Yeah. Wow. And, and I knew like I could automate this because LinkedIn has a LinkedIn has an API and it's all just visualizing data and visualizing some text. And I was like, I can totally do this. Like I, I, you know, so, but I, so I had that idea. I parked it in my brain. I, you know, obviously you know, I was, you know, got busy and I didn't really have, an excuse to, to do it until until Startup Weekend, that, that hackathon I, ta- I, I told you about. That That's when I kind of were like, all right, I'll just pitch this, see what happens. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, long story short, that was, uh, that was how Visualize We started. Gotcha. So you went um, full-time a few months later on Visualize Me. Um, and I know that, um, unfortunately, you had some run-ins uh, around the, the team, um, ownership, leadership, are you able to share some stories there? Yeah, sure, sure. So, so I, you know, again, you know, with Visualize, we again made a lot of the classic mistakes. Uh, one of the main one was uh, I, you know, I started that company with people I didn't know very well. Basically, we met for one weekend and we started a company, right? It's like basically marrying someone on, on a first date, essentially, <laughs> uh, which is what I did. So, so, so I started the company. I mean, yeah, I laugh now, but really I was like crying, you know, back then, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it really was, I mean, people say like startup is like a marriage and I basically got married after like a weekend fling essentially. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. So, so I did that, you know, I had, I have a lot of, uh, so I had like, Forgot. I, I don't. I didn't forget. Like there maybe like four or five co-founders of fairly big team. Oh wow! Um, I think like maybe a couple months in, you know, one of the co-founders, yeah, one of them left. Uh, essentially, you know, we weren't making money and we had no funding, um, and everyone was just sort of living off, you know, their savings. And not everyone can live off their savings. And and I understood that, but uh, but there was, you know, and and so so there were there were arguments about oh how are we going to be sustainable? And I was like, you know, like. Uh, I couldn't get money. So I, you know, we tried raising money and, and, and failed. In fact, uh, we applied to YC, Y Combinator. Mm-hmm. And, and also, and we got it, we got into the um, uh, interview rounds and, uh, and, and then we, we bombed the interview. Uh, essentially, you know, it was, yeah, I was, I'm not good at on-spot interviews and, 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 and not to mention like, uh, the YC people sort of saw that our team was really weak, which which it was, <laughs> uh, and 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 rejected us. So uh, you and, and your whole team, you guys flew to San Fran. Oh, uh, just just like two of us, I think. Just okay. two of us went. So so we, by then it was only three of us, 
And then when, when I said I wanted to do YC, um, one of them didn't want to go. So, so only two of us went. And the first question they asked us in the YC interview was like, where's your third co-founder? And I, and I was like, oh, he didn't want to, he didn't come. So it didn't start out good at all. Like, in fact, it, in fact, in retrospect, um, uh, like people was like, why, why did you even go? Like if your co-founder, like one of your co-founders didn't want to go. And, and, you know, and it turns out like he was, he was about to quit. Right. Cause after, so when we came back, he then told us, um, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to quit. And, and I was like, all right, yeah, sure. Um, by then I was really like really in the, in, I was really low by then. Cause it was, you know, it was like another hit in the stomach and I was kind of depressed actually after the YC thing, I got really depressed. Um, because you know, that was like sort of my last hope kind of like, okay, this is like, we didn't raise any money. Like we we're kind of going, but did, maybe like we would get into an incubator and that would save us. Uh, and then we didn't get in. And then, and then, and then, um, one of the co-founders left. And so it was just me and this, the, and Hannah, the, this, uh, this other girl who was my co-founder, one of the other only co the only co-founder that, 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 that stuck with us, that stuck with me. And I was like, I was really down. I remember like it was end of the year. Um, I didn't even go like we had some shared office space that that we had won from the um, I didn't even go into the office for like weeks. <laughs> okay. I was just like at home kind of like do busy work, you know, sort of trying maintaining maintaining the um, maintaining, the, you know, the site. Uh, and yeah, so 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 that that was that was that was the man, the major, I would say, mistake uh, that I made with 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 visualize me. And then with with Wengage, you know, I, then I became like a lot more cautious with with co-founders. Mm. I'm curious, um, because with Visualize Me, you did have a lot of market traction from what you told me. Like, I believe that even I saw vi uh, Visualize Me when, you know, obviously before, long before I met you. Um, so, so how did that happen? Yeah, so, so, so the, the good thing, so I'm, I'm telling you like internally, like all the bad things happened with the co-founding and the team. But the good thing was that the site actually did really well. Like as, like we had, you know, we had had a landing page even before before the product was being built, and we had like two hundred thousand signups. Like it was insane back then. You know, two thousand eleven was it was very high. It was very very high. I remember we used a uh, launch uh, launch rock, and they and the launch rock people told us, "Hey, your your site, your launch page is the biggest, had the highest signups of ever of any other launch uh, launch sites." And I was like, "Wow, that's that's a lot. That's really good." Yeah. Um, well, how did you get that many signups? Yeah, so so I would like to say like I like I like we we marketed it really well, but it, it wasn't. It was to be honest, it was good timing and uh, and it was it was partly luck um, because what happened was people, you know, the um, journalists and back then the tech the tech journalists were really looking for something and they liked the idea. They liked the idea of Visualize Me. They they liked it a lot um, and and it was all inbound. So so these days. I have to go out and, and I have to outreach to people to get press. But with Visualize Me, the press came to me. Like TechCrunch came to me. You know, Mashable came to me. And, then, and it was organic, right? So once it got on the big sites, then I remember like I, we even had, you know, like snippets on, on like CBC, on like BBC. Like it, like it was on the news once. Like someone told me, hey, I heard someone, you know, it was app of the day and your, your site Visualize Me is on the news. I was like, really? Yeah. Um, it was in like, Ma like printed magazines i remember like reading up someone like told me hey there's a there's a little snippet on you and like men's health or something like that so all of that happened organically like i didn't really i mean we did some outreach at the start but once the ball got rolling we like i didn't really do anything else people you know 
people just really like that idea of visualizing your life or visualizing your, your career. Uh, and because it was new back then, it was it not now it's not new anymore. Like everyone's visualizing everything now. Right. Uh, but back then it was fairly new. So so we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of natural press, you know, and all the signups came uh, or came like came through these referrals. Uh, and we did have a re- in launch rock. There was a referral loop. So it said that if you you know share this, like you'll get an early you basically get a, like a early uh, access to it, and and a lot of people actually shared it on their Facebook, on their uh, link, on their LinkedIn, on their uh, on their Twitter. So that kind of made it a little bit viral as well. Ah, that's really smart. Um, okay. So the sad, so the sad thing with that story is, I then I then I kind of thought that oh, press was really easy because I had a really good time, <laughs> a really easy time with it. And then when VanGage came around, and I started pitching people, nobody cared. Even people who had written about us didn't really care about us. They were like. You know, because it was now an infographic tool. Um, it was, you know, like a it was like a tool now. Like so, so it's so much harder to pitch like a SaaS tool than it is to pitch like this consumer, you know, personal visualization pro- like this infographic product. Um, and I remember with, with Vengage being very frustrated, going, "Oh my god!" Like you know, like no one's answering any of our emails to pitch this uh, this product. And this is the product that actually would make money, right? This is the product that that actually has a subscription. It would make money. It would be sustainable. And uh, and the press didn't you know no no one really cared uh, n- initially yeah it it was very difficult I remember when we launched it was very very difficult to get anyone to care. Mm, I see. So what happened next? How long were you working on Visualize Me before you sold it? So so Visualize Me sort of then was on uh, you know it was on maintenance mode like we had some pro- uh, some features planned but essentially I was focusing you know a lot of my time was now focused on on Vengage. And then, and then I would say, how long was it? Like a year and a half in, I got really lucky. Uh, uh, you know, um, someone, uh, Matthew Pithinski, who was who was the CEO of Parchment, uh, really liked the site, and he acquired us. So for a while, the VanGage team, that was me and three other uh, uh, VanGage slash Visualize Me team, uh, we we you know we we went to. So I went to work too with, with the three engineers I had. We went to work with uh, with Parchment. So I was there until uh, middle of last year. So so essentially, I was there for a, a little bit more than a year. Gotcha. And you had to hand over. Yeah. So I handed it. I handed over Vangage to to uh, to another team, to my co-founder, uh, and then we hired. He also hired. We hired a, a general a GM as well, and then basically they they took over Vangage, uh, and I went to work for uh, uh, for Parchment. And I actually learned a lot from Parchment. So Parchment is this company that uh, that's in the education space. Uh, they were doing uh, transcripts and credential digitalization and and transfer. So I know it sounds like very technical, but it's actually a pretty good product. Uh, and they sold to like all across all across uh, from high schools to you know universities uh, to to other institutions. Uh, and 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 Matthew Matthew Patinsky was a, is a very you know he's a very well accomplished uh, CEO. He's he his previous company was Blackboard, which is which is like one of the biggest education tech companies uh, around. I think it had like a it had a, like a one point eight billion dollar exit. So so wow. he was very well known. He was very, so so I got to learn. And so the good thing there was like I got to learn firsthand um, what it what it was like running like a sort of a medium-sized company. So Parchman uh, is sort of like 150 to 200 person company. And, and I got, I had access to him. I had access to him 
uh, you know, like we would do one, you know, I would, I would talk to him, I would say, you know, at least once a week. So, so it was good learning experience for me. I, I learned a lot from, uh, from him. And, af- and after a year, I, I felt like, you know, it was time for me to sort of go back to go back to doing my own thing. So, so I left and, uh, and, and, and went back to, to Vengage, to Vengage. Gotcha. Now, um, you said that uh, you had some investors for Visualize Me, and do you have investors for Vengage too? So for Visualize Me, no, we didn't have any investors. So like I said, I didn't get, I wasn't able to raise any money. Um, it was just, uh, it, it was just, you know, our own, my own money, essentially. Um, for Vengage, um, we have one investor. We went to a, so after the YC debacle, um, uh, I sort of went out once I composed myself, I decided, hey, why don't we go to an incubator here locally in Toronto? Uh, and so I, I started ta- looking around and we ended up with a new incubator called Jolt. It was run by an organization called Mars, which is fairly well known in, uh, in Ontario. So, so we got like $50,000, so not, not like a lot of money uh, from that one uh, from, from, uh, from Jolt, uh, which, was, which is like a seed fund, like an incubator slash seed fund. Uh, and then we also got, and then much uh, a little bit later, we well, I applied for this government uh, grant slash loan called the CMF and got some money, got a couple of hundred thousand dollars from them as well. Ah. So so we de- we did have money. So if if we hadn't, so I to be honest, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't gotten that that government uh, uh, loan. Yeah, for Vengage. For Vengage, exactly, because because we were because. Because that allows, so the fifty thousand dollars allowed us to hire like one one developer, and and I wasn't getting like I was not getting paid obviously, um, for hired like one fairly low you know like a fairly fresh out of school developer, and then we got uh, the first I think the first uh, tranche of, of loan was like two hundred fifty thousand or something like that, and then that allowed us to hire another two or three develop uh, two de- three developers actually we we were up to three developers, and then we could pay ourselves a little like a small salary. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so uh, what what's really interesting is uh, with your story, you sold one startup, but you had one kind of running in the background, but it wasn't really um, doing that well. And now it's in this past year, you've since you've come back, you've literally blown it up, man. And, and uh, you guys are growing very fast now. So can you tell me about that experience and let's talk about some of the technical things that you're doing because I'm very impressed with your with your marketing skills right now. Sure. So so when I when you know when I left, you know, Vengage to, uh, to join Parchment, like it's sort of like, you know, it was sort of Vengage was sort of out of my hands and it it dwindled. It basically sort of it, you know, it was supposed to go on autopilot but it it didn't. Like it kind of just it went down like there was attrition uh and then I remember, you know, in the summer of last year when I went back and I, you know, I was like, wow, there's only like two people left in the company. And very shortly after that, one of them left. So, so last year uh, around, you know, this time, actually, uh, there was only two people (laughs) in Vengage, which is hard to believe. It was just me. uh, And I was just sort of like, kind of didn't know what I was doing. I was like, oh, should I just continue Vengage, like write some blogs. And then there was uh, a Steven, a, a developer. So he was just sort of maintaining the site, maintaining uh, Vengage so that it you know, wouldn't crash or anything. Um, we didn't really have that many you know, users, didn't really have that many um, uh, paid users. Like the tool worked, but not really well. Like, and there was like no customer support. It was nothing, basically. Mm. Um, but, but the tool worked. So the, but the core of the product worked. Like whenever people came, you know, a certain percentage 
would a certain percentage would would upgrade and and so i knew look you know we we, we need to fix the stuff that's not working and then you know they, a lot of them churn because it wouldn't work very well and so so slowly like we you know, I hired like two other. I had two key hires, uh, including Nadia, who, who you know. Yes. Uh, uh, last uh, summer of last year, and then we cranked up. We made huge leaps in 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 the product. So within within like two to three months, we basically fixed all the bugs. Made like had a had a new design, so that the design was very old. I updated the design uh, of the of the landing page. Updated the design of the of the tool itself. Sort of modernize it. Uh, and then started marketing. So we started marketing and we did. And so we decided to focus on SEO because SEO was one of the, the, the main, uh, it was one of the main acquisition channels as, as, it, as it was, right? Like we, you know, I looked at Google Analytics, I see where's traffic coming from. There was some referral traffic from one or two sites, mm. uh, but then there was also some organic traffic. And, and I was like, hey, you know what? Let's, let's kind of double down on this content marketing thing, this SEO thing. And let's see where it goes. And, and it worked really well. Like we, we were, you know, we did a lot of outreach work. We earned a lot of uh, uh, of our mentions and our press. And and what we did in the early days was we would say we would go to these blogs and say, hey, you know, we're an infographic site. Uh, would you like an infographic? We'll do it for you for free. And essentially, we were giving people free design. Mm. And uh, and 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 I said, and the only catch is. If you can attribute, you know, and say something like, hey, you know what, our, our friends at Vengage, this infographic tool company or, you know, something like that, like write a, write a one sentence attribution back to us. I was like, that's all you have to do, which is, you know, what you would do if you, if you took a picture somewhere as you would attribute the, the writer or the creator, right? You always do that, the mm. photographers. So it, was, it wasn't like an outrageous ass. It was like a very, you know, uh, it was a very, uh, it was a good win-win. So there, a lot of people, a lot of bloggers uh, said, sure, we'll do it. And um you know, we we were designed. So back, so I, one of the other hires was a was a designer. So I had a full time designer now. Every day he would do a few info, and he was very good at infographics, obviously, because you know at that point, you know, I knew a lot about infographics. I knew how to, you know, like create them from templates. How we and to do to do it really really quickly. Like we could churn out those infographics literally like a couple a day. You know, no no problems. So, so we did that early days. It was all about earning, you know, earning press mentions uh, uh, or blog mentions, not even like press. Sorry, they were all just small to medium sized blogs, earning them one infographic at a time. So, so we did and it didn't scale. So we did this, you know, th people talk about doing things that didn't scale. We, we definitely did things that didn't scale. We, we did that one at a time. And then, and then we had a target. We track everything. I think I've showed you my, my spreadsheet. Like we were mm. like, okay, we need to get, you know, five mentions a week. And then, and so we need a funnel, right? Cause, cause then we know if we, you know, if we contact a hundred, you know, bloggers, maybe like 20 would reply. And then out of that 20, maybe like 10 would actually say they want to do it. And then at the end of the day, maybe we get only five, you know, uh, links or five mentions out of it. And so, so that was the process and we kept, you know, we kept at it and we got better and better at it. Uh, uh, to the point where now we, you know, we still do a little bit of we, but we don't, we don't have to work as hard anymore. Like people kind of know us. We don't have to like create an infographic anymore. Uh, for most people, we still do it for, you know, for, um, for, for press or for people who, who are like our friends, we still do infographics for them, but not so much anymore. Mm, I see. So, um, between now and this time last year, can you, uh, share if you feel comfortable with some numbers around the growth? Because I know that you generate, you guys told me I think it's like fifty to seventy thousand monthly 
new leads or, or users a month now? Yeah, yeah. So ooh, back then we were probably doing, so we grew about 3x in general. So right now we're, our leads are about 1,000 to 2,000 depending, depending on the month a day. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, and, and traffic wise, we've grown five X. So, wow. so, so back then it was a lot less, right? So, so now, now we're close to, we're, we're in the, we're definitely more than half a million. So we're between half a million and a million, uh, users, uh, on our site a month. And, and that's, you know, and then the people who sign up, uh, are, like you said, you know, like between, I don't know, 50 to, to 80,000, uh, um, a month. And so, so yeah, so, so I know majority of them are, are free users. So it's a, we have a freemium model so people can use their tool for free. And then we have some premium features that they can upgrade. And now, and very recently we have a, we created a, a um, another tier called the business plan and that's specifically for business users. So we're targeting, you know, basically like sort of higher value. We're trying to go up the value chain. And want to target higher value uh, users uh, who can afford more. Uh, and mind you, the tool is fairly cheap. Right? You know, like it's only nineteen dollars for premium and like forty nine dollars for for the business plan. Uh, but the business plan allows you to do things in teams, so you can collaborate in the team. Uh, it allows you to do your own templates to create your own brand kit. So so it's stuff that like if you're working for a bigger organization or a business that you would need. Gotcha. I see. So talk about. Um... SEO to us and inbound, how you guys have just crushed it in this past year. Um, what are things, some things that people can do, um, some quick actionable things that you would recommend if it would come down to it? Because this is something that uh, <clears throat> both you and Nadia are really helping us at Founder with. Sure. So I think one of the things to in, in, in SEO that, that really that works for, for getting links is, uh, is kind of what we did at the early days, right? We did this, we, we, we did outreach. So outreach is very important. Outreach means contacting bloggers who are blogging about your space or, or you know, your space or, or your, about your, who would blog about your product um, and then offer them something. So a lot of people do outreach without offering them anything. They'll be like, hey, I wrote this article about, you know, VR, can you like link back to it? And I'm always like, but why should I do that? And, you know, what, and we, and we get articles like that all the time. People asking us to link to their infographics. They'll they'll go like, "Hey, I know your infographics site. I created all these infographics. Uh, can you please link to them?" Um, and I'm always like, you know, if they're really great, I may consider. But but 99% of the time, I don't even you know like our our support staff just handles those emails and they just kind of just delete them. Uh, and the difference that we did was like we just didn't like ask people, right? We 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 offered something. So I'd say the 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 first thing is especially if you're really small. You know, you're not a brand name. You're not famous. You know, why would someone want to mention you they, unless it's a win-win, right? So, so you offer them something like there's something you can offer them. I, I don't know what it is, but for us, it was like we, we knew how to do infographics so we could offer them an infographic and you earn those links, one, those mentions or links one at a time, right? Uh, initially. And it, it, it feels like you would never get anywhere, but you know, if you, if you can get one a week, after six months, man, that's a lot of links, you know? Mm, so it's um, all about the backlinks. I would say SEO, number one, yes. The number one thing that, that correlates with, with ranking is backlinks. But quality backlinks, right? Not, you know, not spammy backlinks, not stuff that's not relevant. 
So everyone who wrote an article about us was writing something about infographic because they were showing that infographic. So it was a relevant link, right? Um, backlinks that are relevant is the key, mm. not just any backlink. Because um, I'll tell you a story. I hired an SEO firm. So before we did this, um, I actually hired an SEO firm. And that and, and, and it wasn't I didn't hire any SEO firm. I hired an SEO firm based on a referral from a very famous marketer that you and I know. I don't want to mention that person's name. Mm. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and, it, and, and they were like, if you Google SEO, they're like one of the top five or top three firms that, that, that are in the U.S. Um, I hired that firm, paid them a lot of money. And they were just getting me these like links from content farms. They were doing putting links in comments. They were doing things that were so amateurish. I, I had to ask them to take them. I actually said, hey, you know what? I'll pay you the money, but can you please remove? I actually asked them to undo everything because I was wow. so par- I was so paranoid that like instead of actually helping me, it would it would because it would be really weird. It would be like this article or something else, and then there'll be like a sentence say, "Oh, check out Ben Gage's templates," and there'll be a link. For- and I'm just like, and I would just be shocked. And then they would leave comments on other infographic uh, uh, articles. Hey, check out Ben Gage. It will be it's so obvious, so spammy, so sell like so spammy that I was yeah. shocked how bad they were. So 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 we had kind of gone through that pain of like, wow. Like if that's how SEO firms do it, like this is not how I want to do it. I want to get like, I want to earn them like correctly. I want to get like a real link that actually, uh, you know, makes sense. That's actually, you know, about, you know, that, that isn't spammy. Mm. Um, so, so, so back to what, what you said, like it's definitely, you know, trying to get mentions or links. We use the term mentions because it doesn't sound as technical as just trying to get backlinks. Mm. Uh, uh, because, it, you know, you are trying to get a mention, right? And, and yes, with the mention of link as well. Yeah. Um, so that was it. And, and, and the key thing there is, is, is outreach. A lot of people think that, oh, I'm just going to write this incredible article and then Google is just going to reward me. So that's one of the, I want to say that's one of the misconceptions of a lot of content marketing is that, oh, you just have to blog, you know, blog and blog and blog and put good content and Google will magically like uh, reward you. Right, like Google or whoever else is in charge of the algorithms will reward you because they will recognize the the merit of your writing. You know, like somehow it will know, oh wow, this is like the best article, and just push you up. And in, and we did that too. So don't get me wrong, we also kind of thought, wow, we should do that. So for a while, we were blog, we were blogging like we were we were following all these rules, like oh, you have to, you should blog prolifically. So we were we were pumping out like three to five articles a week, like a lot of articles. Uh, but doing no outreach. And then basically, you know, you know what happens when you write and, you know, and, and you're not a brand name, no one cares about you, you don't have a following. Mm-hmm. Basically, nothing happens, right? Nothing happens. <laughs> like no one's coming, no one's sharing. Uh, and then and so one day I was like, why are we doing this? Because we read some guide somewhere like, no, like, let's, why don't we focus on quality? And why don't we do some outreach and ask and write about things that people care about? Uh, I would say fall of last year, we we had a, a change in strategy in our content strategy where we said, let's just do one article a month. So we went from like a couple of weeks to, to extreme to one article a month. And it would be what I call original research articles. So we would conduct our own research, collect our own data, and then create an infographic from it. And then we would then do outreach to people, to press, to say, hey, look at this interesting article or interesting infographic. Uh, and then see if they would mention us uh, uh, or not. And it worked. Like so, we we went from like writing a lot that, of content that no one cares to writing very few content that people cared. 
Uh, and that worked. So that was the other part of our of our SEO strategy was we experimented with a popular what we call a pop culture content. So if you go to our site, you'll see like there's like Star Wars and design. There's like Game of Thrones. Uh, there's one on uh, uh, creepy pasta, which is like horror horror viral stories. And recently, there's one we we did on on the Olympics. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't just do like oh here's an infographic <clears throat> on the Olympics, right? We we did one where we analyzed the age of, 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 the, of, uh, of winning gold medalists in Olympics. And we kind of saw this insight that it's getting, uh, people are getting older. So, so, the, so, the, so the whole uh, infographic and article was about is in, in the Olympics is, is the 30s and the new 20s. And it kind of is like people are getting, you know, medal winners are getting older, older now than they were, you know, like uh, 10, 20, 30 years ago. So we do very interesting niche topics that require original research. And that's the kind of stuff that that publications and news articles are very interested in because they haven't done the research, right? That they're always looking for interesting stories. And here we are doing the research ourselves uh, and, you know, creating an interesting, gra- not only that, creating interesting graphics, uh, well, like infographics so that they can then like kind of put it on their site and, and, uh, and, get, and get their viewers on it. So we've been doing, you know, a lot of that. So this is like an advanced SEO, obviously, once, you know, once you're into that, that stage, and we're 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 now sort of doubling down on this technique now, where we we write one article, uh, and then have many people link to it, as opposed to the you know one infographic per link uh, strategy that we were using you know last year. Mm, and that seems to be working well. Yes, it is working well. Yeah, I see. And how big is your team right now? So we're about fifteen now. <laughs> so yeah, it's grown quite a bit. Yeah, we're about fifteen people. Uh, there's there's twelve in uh, in Toronto. Sorry, there's eleven in Toronto, and one uh, one. So in North America, there's twelve. There's one in the in, one in the U.S., and then we have another three or four uh, 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 overseas. Gotcha. And how do you manage that team? What does that look like? Because you are a solo founder, you are CEO. You don't have COO. Uh, what does that look like? What does the week look like? How do you structure it? So I would say before last month, I was very disorganized uh, because we had grown. So mind you, we've grown really, really fast, right? Like this is like in the in the last six months, I've like doubled the team, right? And then before that, it was even smaller. Like for you know, we were like four, and then we were eight, and then we were like twelve, and then we were fifteen, all in the span of like one year, pretty much. So 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 all this has happened very very quickly, and and essentially, I was just. I was, you know, I, I like flat organizations. So I decided, you know, maybe mistakenly <laughs> that everybody would just report to me and I would just manage everybody, uh, and including escalation. So I, everything escalated to me. So I, up to today, I, uh, I still handle uh, <laughs> customer support escalations, which is insane because because I, I do get a few tickets a day uh, that, that are escalated to me. And so it's it's just a very hectic. I'm just kind of running around. I'm I'm not focused. Uh, I'm always reactive. Mm. Uh, until about a month ago, uh, then I decided. You know, I got coaching actually thanks to you. <laughs> uh, I, I listened to the Coach Dot Me uh, episode, uh, and and then I realized. You know, I I mean, I kind of knew my life was out of control. I knew my management style was out of control because I had no time to do anything. Mm. And so I got a coach. <laughs> I got a coach called Kendra uh, from from Coach Dot Me. Um, uh, she's great. So she's helped me <laughs> organize my, my schedule. Uh, and it's also, it's also made me realize I need some managers. So, uh, so now I'm getting, I'm getting a few key people. It, it isn't official yet. So I don't want to mention it, but yeah, this won't come but, out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but then, Oh, okay. 
so so by the time this comes out, I know it probably will be official. And so I so I have you know two of the CTO, you know my CTO and my head of marketing, uh, you know Q and Nadia. I'm basically having them get all the um, uh, to do a, a direct reports now, so that I don't have to handle everyone. Uh, and then I hired I hired a new customer success manager, and she's starting actually tomorrow. Oh, so wow. then I'm also going to hand off all the customer success st- support staff and and uh, and escalations to her. Uh, so so so. Theoretically speaking, like the only people that will report to me are the designers and then the, you know, the three, you know, managers and, and my time would be, you know, much better, you know, it will be much more organized, you know, like next week onwards, hopefully. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, um, and how do you, how do you guys check in and keep in touch of like, so what everyone knows what everyone is doing? So, so thankfully, the core team is almost the entire core team is in Toronto, and we we have a you know we work out of a house now. We have this small house, which I've mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. We have this very small house that we rented on the west side of the city, uh, and and it and it's you know it's the working area is maybe like you know I want to say five hundred square feet. It's very small, maybe even less. So there's a lot of organic ad hoc bumping around. So, but but we do have meetings on Monday, so we have only one day one day's worth of meetings because i generally don't like meetings mm, me too so for, yeah so for one day we meet we have a team meeting at noon and then the each team like the design team the the product team the uh the the marketing team will have their own breakout and and meet for another hour uh and basically we go through you know similar to like an agile or scrum we go through what we've done last week and we go through what we're going to do this week uh, basically set the priorities right for the whole week and then it's go and then that's it the rest of the week you're sort of you know you know what you're what you need to do what are the key priorities you need to everybody knows their key priorities uh, and we use Trello we use Trello to sort of organize everything we have multiple board like each team has their own board and then I have like a, you know like a roadmap uh, 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 board as well so that I kind of know at a higher level you know where we the direction that we need to go in general and so, and so, yeah, so, so, so far this has worked really well. Like, you know, so far it's worked really well. And then with the remotes, cause we do have some remote it's, it's chat, right? So we use, uh, we use hangouts cause we're on Google apps. So everything, you know, instead of opening another app, we just use hangouts. So everything is in there. Gotcha. I see. I was going to say, uh, so we have to work towards wrapping up. This was, the, that's a really great insight, which I think people will find really valuable around your, your leadership style and, and how you manage your team, especially from a fast growth perspective. Um, and it's great to hear that, uh, your coach is, is teaching you, um, cause I, I have a great coach, a coach shot me too. So it's awesome. So in regards to Vengage, it's an amazing infographic tool. We use it here at Founder. We're pumping out a lot of infographics now with it in a lot of our articles that you will see. Um, and I'm just curious, what's next for Vengage? So for Vengage, um, you know, we're always the goal of Vengage or the vision of Vengage is always to make infographics creation easier. Um, I mean, that's been the goal from the start. And so what we want to do, and, and it's and it's not only to make it it's to make it so easy that a non-designer, so most of our users are non-designers, like people who won't use, you know, Photoshop or Illustrator, because not not because they can, but because it's too complicated. It's not their like day job to do that stuff. So, so the next step for 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 Vangage is really, you know, we're sort of experimenting with some new. Um, with some new wizards to to make the process even easier, and we're experimenting with some layout, sort of a layout wizard that would, you know, with a few clicks, you could 
have a very customized infographic, you know, very easily. And then, you know, with another few clicks, sort of put in a color scheme and, and, and your data. And, and so, so we're kind of calling that like the smart gener- like generator. And, and that's, that's something that we have been looking at and, and working on for the last few months. And hopefully, I, hopefully it'll come out like before October. Awesome. And um, in terms of growth, how, how, how far do you, see, do you see it going? Oh, so wow. So, so from, I'm very optimistic with, 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 the, with the growth, uh, with, the, with the market in general. So my so if you had asked me this question a year ago, I would uh, you know I would have said you know infographics is a niche niche uh, uh, field. It'll be you know maybe if you're lucky it'll be in the single digit millions. Uh, maybe if you're very lucky if you like take the whole market maybe it'll be a ten million dollar company. But I have since I have since changed my opinion. Uh, to me, the market like is in the hundreds, if not like you know millions, if not in the billion you know, now. And and that's simply because if you if you think about it like. You know, information and data is only going to grow, right? We're never going to be in a stage where you know they will have less information or less data. Uh, so that's the number one driving force. The number, the second driving force is that we're constantly being inundated with 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 um, with this noisy stuff from from uh, from social media, from the from the press, from uh, from your phones. So people will always need an easier way to digest data, an easy way to visualize data and information an easier way to tell a story, right? That, that need will always be there. And not only that, that need will be a hundred times bigger. Um, so if you, you know, even if you think of something like VR, like virtual you know, reality, people are not gonna be reading, when VR becomes a reality, they're not gonna be reading text on their goggles, right? They're mm-hmm. gonna be looking at visualizations. So VR will be video, will be voice, and it will be infographics. So the future is gonna be like 10X, 20X, 100X infographics. And, and so I'm really bullish on this whole thing. And, and I think we can become a very, very big company. Uh, and, I, and I think I told you this, like one of the, one of the sort of parallel companies I see is, is, uh, is SurveyMonkey. Like SurveyMonkey does one thing, it does, you know, uh, surveys. And, and you would think, you know, maybe like 20 years ago when, you know, 15 years ago when they started, that's a very niche product. Uh, you know, only a few people needed surveys. Now everybody needs surveys. And, and, mm-hmm. and I have the same feeling with infographics. Like five years ago, very few people need infographics. Now, like everybody's doing infographics. They, they teach it in school now. Like grade school students are using infographics. Uh, you know, government users are, infograph- are using infographics. Like a sales manager uses infographics. Uh, you know, like a consultant uses infographics. So everyone is going to use infographics. And, and I think we can grow this to like a, you know, into like a hundred million dollar company. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's... um. That's amazing, man. Well, look, I uh, have no doubt that you will, and I look forward to uh, following your journey. Um, so, dude, where's the best place people can find you? So, the best place you can find me is uh, you can e- you can email me directly. Like, you know, I answer my emails. It's eugene at vengage.com. And, and obviously, you can also just go to uh, vengage.com, and, uh, and then, you know, there's a contact us link there. You can also contact us and, and you know, and say you want to you want to you want to email uh, Eugene and uh, it will get to me because we're still a very small company. Okay, awesome. Well, that was very kind of you, Dolph, for out your email. So it's Vengage, V-E-N-N-G-A-G-G-E? V-E-N-N-G-A-G-E. So like a Venn diagram and, uh, and, and, and like a gauge, like engage. So it was basically two words, <laughs> engage, Venn and engage together. Boom, done. Awesome. Well, look, uh, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. This was awesome chatting with you, dude. 
Oh, thanks a lot, Nathan. It's great. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in-depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.